You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. This is uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And uh, Dave, I, I, I made it through the first intro okay. You, you did. I, I was kind of waiting uh, pretty much all week. <laughs> Were you guys taking a pool in your office? Would Jim screw this up or not? Uh, you know what? We, we would never do that, Jim. I, I mean, I, I personally wanted to know, can you do the first one? And then, of course, there's the sub all right, how many in the first couple weeks? <laughs> <laughs> well, for listeners who don't know, and if you don't, I wonder how the heck you're listening right now, um, the network formerly known as WebmasterRadio.fm was acquired in the last couple of weeks by Cranberry Radio. We, uh, no changes. The... The network remains the same and intact. We have a different name. And there is actually one major change. The distribution of our programming is going to... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really, Dave, I'm just pulling this number out of my head, but quadruple feels about right. But I, you know what, Brasco could probably uh, correct it a bit. It's going up dramatically. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, as one of the hosts, you know, you, you and I are pretty stoked about that. <laughs> uh, and and you know what? As as some of the you know advertisers on the network, you know they got to be pretty stoked about that as well. Well, they should be. I mean, um, Cranberry is a multifaceted company. It's owned by David McGinnis, who is a uh, a fellow who's been known to uh, the search marketing community for fifteen, maybe twenty years. He's been of good character. And uh, let me tell you, David McGinnis was with Webmaster Radio at the very beginning. He was the founder of PR Web. Um, he hosted a show so, on the network. Yep. He used to have a show on Webmaster Radio, and he, uh, he's been a supporter of 
bringing good quality information to the web marketing community and to the business community in general his entire the entire time he's, he's been, been been part of the industry never heard anything bad about the man and I'll tell you I, I, I hear stuff about everybody <laughs> never heard nothing bad about David in fact I've heard some great stories about him none of which I feel empowered to share because David's also a very private guy but he is the uh, well chief Puba owner um, fellow who I guess is kind of sort of our boss so David um, <laughs> Welcome aboard, I guess. <laughs> um, and just to uh, keep with tradition, Booger. <laughs> there you Knock go. Knock that out, please. Uh, that's that's kind of like knocking on wood in Radioland. Okay, we've been told we're now Cranberry FM, Cranberry.fm, and we're even more than everywhere because, because of the amplification of the Cranberry platform. Dave, let's get to the news. We got a powerful show today. We do. This is going to be great. After I'm first excited. break, we have this one's for you, Mr. Bill Slosky, uh, patent guru. Um, he's going to be chatting about something. I I don't know that I've ever actually seen one a reasonable searcher. <laughs> um, what he's going to be chatting about is a, a really really important patent, or actually a rewrite or update on a patent on reasonable searchers massive um, impact on, I mean, what it means has a massive impact on the way we even look at links. Um, I mean, I, I remember his first writing about this. It did change the way I viewed um, the value of links. Um, this is an update, super important. If you care about rankings and you care about links, um, okay, well, this is going to be an, a great, great piece. So Bill's going to be along after our first break. And, uh, we, 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 you know, we hope to retain him for the, the, the rest of the show. We might have to trick him, but he's a very, very clever person. He might see through <laughs> our tricks. But anyway, we'll try to get him to stick around to the end of the show. Before we get to that, however, we've had um, it's been a busy week. So where do you feel like starting? Um, you know what? Let's start with, with one that you sent across prior to the show. Let's start with Facebook, because that's pretty... Uh, that's pretty big. Um, their 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 earnings report. I got turned on to this by Brett Tabke, the uh, the founder and uh, uh, proprietor of the PubCon series. And uh, in Facebook, Brett Brett posted, "This is your best warning." In one of those, you know, ominous Brett Tabke, uh, <laughs> you know, one of those, those cryptic things that Brett says. But he's right about this. Last week, Apple Incorporated and Google slash Alphabet Incorporated underwhelmed investors with, uh, you know, they both, they both made a heck of a lot of money, but they didn't make as much as the street expected them to. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, both got slapped by the street after reporting earnings. Well, then along comes Facebook. And about, by the way, everybody had crappy earnings this, uh, this quarter. But then along came Facebook. Facebook shares jumped 11% to a record high of 120 a share in early trading on Thursday, giving a $30 billion boost to the social networks like companies' market value because mm-hmm. they reported higher than expected earnings. And a lot of that, you remember, remember we reported a few weeks ago how you know, Facebook was pushing this video strategy? Yep. Well, they've actually been pushing that video strategy, and you know, as, as Facebook users, 
which means like pretty much all of us. As Facebook users know, um, you've, been, you've been seeing a lot more video in Facebook over the last like uh, three to six months. That's where the. Let me take a step back. Since the dawn of the internet age, we've been expect we've been seeing uh, traditional ad spend decreasing. You know, the, the money that's been going to newspapers, classified ads, and critically important to uh, network TV. Well, as network TV has been you know cannibalized by the on-demand and on-stream streaming services, it's also being cannibalized by groups like Facebook. Facebook is an incredible platform for advertising, an incredible platform for video, and an incredible way to stretch your advertising dollar. If you're a uh, you're a blue chip corporation, you need to you need to get the word out there that you make soup or salary or whatever it is you make shoes. Facebook is where the ad spend appears to be going, and you know its growth is phenomenal. It makes a lot of sense. Like when you think about Facebook, it is your one opportunity, really. Um, and, and, and why I love it to get in front of people before they know what you have. Like if you have a, if you have a new product to actually go in by demographic, to tailor your ads by demographic, to, to get in front of people before they even know you're there. Um, uh, that's, that's what I, I think it offers. It's, uh, I, I really like Facebook advertising. I think this is well earned on their part. Well, I mean, think about this. You have, um, there's uh, just around 8 billion people on earth, right? Mm-hmm. Because over a billion people, a billion people on Earth have Facebook profiles. That's one in eight Earthlings. And that's a, a staggering number. Nobody has ever been able to reach one in eight Earthlings. Santa Claus struggles to reach one in eight <laughs> Earthlings. <laughs> like, <laughs> Facebook, and, and it takes Santa an entire night. Facebook reaches them in a day. Right. Um, the... Facebook, for many people, has, is the web. That's how they understand the internet. And it seems that Facebook has uh, won the... I remember, I remember back in 94, uh, I opened a, uh, a cyber cafe in Victoria. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is before search engines. This is before Yahoo existed. Like, really existed as, as, a, as a mainstream entity. And one of the topics of conversation, like daily conversation, it was fascinating, was how are we going to order the internet? You know, people were thinking of the Dewey Decimal System and stuff like that, eh? Yeah. Well, th- along comes Yahoo, uh, a directory, made, you know, helped us start to put order to the web. Then along comes, like, you know, Alta Vista and uh, uh, Magellan and uh, Webcrawler and Northern Lights, etc. The the original, the Generation 1 search engines. And people were suddenly able to find stuff that was, like, super clunky. Google comes along. And uh, using the uh, who's linking to whom PageRank algorithm made the web infinitely easier to use. Mm-hmm. But, but that was when information was a one-way street. You went and looked for it, and the web delivered it back to you. And that, that, was, that was the interaction. That was it. Along comes Facebook at the, the dawn of the web 2.0 revolution. And interactivity is suddenly possible. I can communicate with you, Dave, while you're giving me information. Um, I can put a comment on Campbell Soup's web, uh, Facebook page because I didn't like the salary in their soup. Everybody knows it now. Facebook has become the primary platform for the web. 
And I'm going to pause it right here and now, very first show on Cranberry FM, that at this time next year, much of the, especially, especially moving into the mobile universe, the old internet itself, the backbone that everything sits on, will be an afterthought to most users because it's all about the environment that they're in. Right. And they don't have the limitations. Uh, you know, in our, our generation, we had, how old do we sound there? But um, we had, we were very, very clear on the backbone of the internet. Why? Because I heard it squealing at me when I connected to the internet. Mm-hmm. It shut down my phone. And, you know, I mean, a, a bunch of things happened. Like, you were very, very clear on, on this understanding, and it was brutally slow, and you had to know why to, to speed it up and to build onto the web. Um, now, that's just not, not even the case. Now, you had brought up your, your cyber cafe. Name a game that you, and you might know where I'm going with this, um, name a game that you sort of centered around at that time. Oh, Quake. Quake was Quake. it. Okay, not the one I was thinking of. Darn it, Doom! Ah, I, I was thinking Doom. Um, and you know, we were we were talking about not needing to, uh, you know, sort of care as, as much about about the backbone. Clear example just came out uh, right. Uh, I think the day after our our show was last Friday that the average web page has now um, is now larger than the original Doom that had okay. been. <laughs> so it's it's the average web page is larger than a full game. That wax of people played. Yeah. For, now, now for listeners who don't count their, uh, who don't have to say something like forty something when they talk about their age, Doom was the predecessor of the game Quake, both made by ID Systems, and at the time, Doom was enormous. Like, I think it was like seven install discs. Um, and as you said, Dave, today's website takes up more physical space than the old Doom did. And it was a great game. <laughs> it was a great game, an incredibly complicated game, which I, 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 I think, you know, sort of like gives rise to how complicated the average website is. Yeah. You know, uh, and now we, we, we get ticked at Google for, you know, being so adamant about page load speed, about, uh, 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 a straight architecture that they can follow, and you know now now pushing on uh, concepts like AMP to like just totally strip down the size of a of the of a, of, of the document that Google has to render in the mobile space. And I'll bet you, an AMP document is still rivaling Doom for its for size, <laughs> probably because there's just so much going on on any given website. Yeah. Um. So Facebook, and the, the, the whole thing, the whole, the whole point, all that, though, was the environment that you're really, web marketers, do yourself the favor. Do it now. If you haven't already, well, if you haven't already, you really have no business being a web marketer. <laughs> but learn a lot more about the Facebook environment. Learn a lot about paid advertising at Facebook, about targeting at Facebook, and about how to win with Facebook, especially around video. Because that's where your clients are going to need you to be a year from now. So be ready to be there, because if you aren't, I guarantee you there's some kid in high school right now who will take your place. <laughs> That's a great way to word that. That's true. Um, 
What do we got? I think we got uh, a couple more minutes here before uh, before I don't know. I'm not seeing Brasco going the tyranny of time. Uh, Google, they're in uh, they're in heaps and heaps of trouble. Um, they're in heaps Again? of Getty over in uh, over in the EU. Um, Getty coming at them, basically going, we can't block robots, um, but uh, you know at the same time people just keep stealing our stuff. So, because Google allows the save as and, and is showing the full rotation, so they're under fire from Getty. It's interesting. It's not a copyright. It's basically a, you know, you can't use our stuff like that. You can't allow people to save it. Um, one of the things they brought up in this suit, I do think this is, you know, I mean, I'm no lover of Getty specifically, but they're exactly on point here. Is they're going, Google doesn't allow a scenario where we can put our watermarked version up for them. And you know, but still have in the back end, you know, when people are buying them, the actual image, but have a watermarked version on appearing on, wow. on Google image search. I, I do think that's actually a, a pretty reasonable side on theirs because it is, you know, images do get stolen a lot. It's a problem. They do. But I mean, think of how Google compiles its image search. It, it grabs them off of the pages that they're associated with. The webmaster has already purchased that from, uh, from Getty or from whomever. Right. And, you know, they're, they're, obviously there's no watermark on it. So to make that extra hop from image to Getty's database to extract that image and still associate it with the site that Google had spidered and, and extracted the image from, um, why should they? Gotcha. They're actually referring to the ones drawn from their own site. They are referring to ones pulled from other news sites or whatever that are well, I don't know what to say about that then hey Getty maybe you like possibly mm -hmm. should only have watermarked images that Google can access <laughs> on the front, yeah like, I know is um, the onus on the webmaster Google has actually come at, or and, and they are right on this. I, I remember when this happened, that they can't do that. can't remember the exact technical reasons, but Google's basically going, the one that you're providing to your purchaser can't be different than the one that you're displaying. That. Like, it, it's, it's a weird thing. Uh, they are right in, in this one, and it, it doesn't quite match up to me in, in what they're trying to do. But almost more interesting, last week we were talking about um, the EU going after Android, well, the FTC is at them for it, too. The exact same thing. So the bundling, the monopolistic yeah, uh, I mean, you know, sort of aspect. So Google's in trouble right now. Here's how this goes down. As explained by uh, Paul Thoreau from uh, Petri.com, to, to quote, the charge is familiar. Google illegally prevents hardware makers from distributing devices that do not include a lengthy list of Google-made apps and services and configure, and configure them as default. This act, called product bundling, is what got Microsoft in trouble with antitrust regulators in the, in the U.S., EU, and other locales over a decade ago. Google's behavior very closely mimics what Microsoft did earlier. So here's the thing, man. Like, the FTC is after Google, and they're, you know... Hey, Google, you really shouldn't have ought to done that. But at the end of the day, what are they going to do about it? Yeah, Slap well, them around a bit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's about it. And then, I, you know, you, you never actually quite know. I mean, I remember going back, Microsoft did have to unbundle, well, I mean, sort of allow for the removal of Internet Explorer and, and things like that, independent of the operating system. So there may be some side effects that more or less will be technical and will probably not hinder their business at all. That was because the EU said to Microsoft, do this or you're banned, you're gone. You, you know, right. you're out of our environment. Right. Um, 
we're not going to do that to Google. It's not going to happen with the FTC and Google. Never in a billion years. Um, <laughs> well, I don't see it happening at any rate. I mean, like, if there's anything that's too big to fail, I think that might be Google. <laughs> okay, we're at first break. And I'm going to get this right because, friends, you are listening to Webcology on Cranberry.fm. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Stick around. We're coming back with Bill Slosky to talk about reasonable surf, reasonable surfing, after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Conversion Conference, the can't-miss CRO event of 2016. Join over 750 people from dozens of countries gathering in Las Vegas, May 18th and 19th, for the biggest industry-wide conversion event ever. Four parallel tracks of top content will allow you to personalize the exact topics that you want to focus on, interact with expert speakers at informal networking events, and birds of a feather lunch table topics. Meet dozens of leading CRO companies face-to-face in the expo hall. Get hands-on with pre-conference workshops and master classes. Join us for fun activities such as zip lining and Tim Ash's after party in the presidential suite. Oh yeah, did we mention that it's in Vegas, baby? May 18th and 19th, Conversion Conference last year sold out fast and it's expected to sell out again. So don't miss it. Go to conversionconference.com for details right now. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. 
Webcology takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk, Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, folks, sit on down for this. We're joined today by the legendary Bill Slosky, SEO by the Sea, the patent expert in the industry. And we're talking about a, uh, a, a new patent that um, has, has surfaced, or perhaps a better way to phrase it is resurfaced. It's uh, been tagged reasonable surfer, Bill Slosky, or one of the most reasonable surfers I've ever met. Uh, Bill Slosky, welcome to uh, Webcology. Well, thank you. And um, thank you for uh, thanks for joining us again. You, you've been you've been, you've been uh, on the show a few times. It's always a pleasure to have you here. Um, not that I've ever met one, but Bill, could you explain what a reasonable surfer is? <laughs> okay, uh, it's a metaphor. But oh, okay then. Okay, there's a there's a statue of the searcher uh, three blocks from me where I'm at in Cardiff, California. Uh, locals don't like this statue very much because it didn't turn out very good. It doesn't look like a surfer. Okay. Uh, they dress it up in different outfits and take photographs of it. Make fun of it. What are you going to do, right? Yeah. They have fun with it. That's what's important, I guess. Okay, so... The original uh, PageRank patent from Google referred to something they called a, reason, a random surfer, which described what the probability might be that a page might be found on the web based on some type of ranking signal like PageRank. Okay. And they used the metaphor of a random surfer clicking on links found on web pages and what the probability might be that that random surfer might keep on clicking on links until they found a particular page or decided to teleport off that page to another random page on the web. The probability that they might arrive on your page was known as the random surfer model. Okay. And the people who came up with this newer patent said, you know, sometimes that just doesn't happen. People don't randomly click on links to things with uh, anchor text like terms of service. <laughs> they, don't, Indeed. They, don't, they don't go to those pages. So we're, we're, we're thinking we're going to talk about reasonable surfers. And they're going to choose... Uh, links to click upon that maybe are a little bit more reasonable. So there's actually some type of guided intelligence behind the activity of clicking on a link. So what we're moving from, if, and I'm going to just paraphrase and make sure I'm, I'm getting this right. So we went from a model in the, in the traditional page rank way where, I don't know, you have 20 links on a page, each one gets 5%. Irrespective of its location, where it may be, what color, its size, all that. And now a move to 
an interpretation of what is the likelihood that an actual human would click a link, and we're going to value those ones higher. Right, and it, it looks at different features related to each link. Uh, what color text they use, uh, what uh, type, style, font, how much anchor text is in that link, what the anchor text actually is in the link, and uh, it derives a probability that people might click on a link. And uh, if you take all the links on a page and break them down into probabilities that people might click on them, uh, that determines what the uh, chances uh, somebody might might visit that page that's linked to, and that's how much weight gets passed through the link in terms of page rank from that link. Now, what I found really interesting, and it's funny, I, I this is news today um, because you had just published about it, but it's actually an update on a patent that you'd originally written about in 2010. Now, I found that interesting because... I didn't know you'd actually written it like, you know, until sort of yesterday. I obviously did know it because I remembered reading it back then. I remembered it changing the way I viewed links and, and web page structure and, and, and how I'm going to be valuing links. Uh, but now here we've got an update. Now, this isn't directly related to, to SEO, and, and I do want to dig into specifically what's been updated. But as a, as a host, I get to ask this question because you're here. And it doesn't directly relate to it. Um, is I don't know how you would update. I've always thought that it was more a, okay, you got a new technology, you dump a new patent in. But here we've got an updated patent, and I've only seen that a couple times now. What, what actually goes on there? What happens is the uh, process behind the patent changes around, and the inventor says, we want to continue to protect this, even though we're now actually doing it in a slightly different way. So... Uh, they get together, they write a new version of the patent or the claims to the patent, since it's the claims that end up going before a, a patent prosecutor at the patent office. And uh, uh, they file it. It's referred to as a continuation patent because it continues from the original patent's original filing date. So it... it, it takes a, a bit of uh, precedence from that original patent. Uh, it gets treated as if it was filed at the same time as the original version. And so the protection offered goes back to any method that might have you know, been used, replicated, or innovated all the way back to the original patent? Right. You hear of uh, Edison inventing the light bulb and beating somebody else to the patent office by an hour. You know, so sometimes the timing of when patents get filed is important. <laughs> and this is certainly an example of that. Oh, sorry, Jim, go ahead with your question. Well, if, if you don't mind, I just want to take a, a, a step back. Um, if I heard you correctly, Bill, and I'm pretty sure I did, this, this continuation relates directly to the original PageRank patent, um, how Google uses the value of uh, a link from document A to document B to sort of judge the value of the, 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 the content on document B. That is that correct? 
It's a continuation of a patent with the same name, ranking documents based on user behavior and our feature data. Which was filed back in 2004. So okay, it, so around the time was tinkering with PageRank for the first time, son. Would that you know, be accurate? Uh, this was written by some uh, Google search engineers who are fairly well-known at this point in time, at least one of them, Jeffrey Dean, who's the head of uh, the Google Brain Project, who might be behind uh, what people are referring to right now as Rank Brain. Well, we were, we, we were going to be getting to that in a few minutes. <laughs> promise you on that one. <laughs> it's all the rage these days. So... Earlier, you mentioned that there are different factors that Google's that Google is looking at to judge the importance of uh, of links under under Reasonable Surfer. Uh, one of them was the size of and color of font used. Now, I just want to be really really careful here that we're not suggesting to webmasters that they put like sixteen point red font for every link. <laughs> right. Uh... So when, when you uh, compare a continuation patent to the original, the, one of the best ways to do that is actually take the claims from the original patent and the new patent and put them side by side. Mm-hmm. And I did that with these, and I noticed first off that the new version mentions the word anchor text a lot more than the old version. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's actually a section of the uh, USPTO website where you can go and look up uh, all the litigation that happens during the prosecution of a patent. And I looked up this continuation patent. I didn't write too much about those prosecution documents because they tend to get a little bit complex. But the uh, general statements from the prosecutor were that this new version makes things a little bit more clear, that uh, it's a probability that someone might click on a link that gives it more value. So, now we've we've talked. One of the things I, I, I want to make sure we cover here. So I'm just going to jump in. I think then we got to go to break. But then I got a bucket load of questions for you. Uh, now we're talking about it's it's changed here. Um, so what the original? Basically, we're dealing with a six year gap here. What changed in the way Google's viewing this over six years? What's new? What's new? Uh... Google's changed itself. Okay. Okay. That's that's uh, usually when you talk about what changes in terms of algorithms and why some pages do better over time or do worse over time, it's either because the search engine changed, their website changed, or searchers changed. I'm not sure that I'm not sure that searchers are clicking on links differently these days. But it, it seems like this is focusing a little bit more on user data information. 
Well, and this is what actually kind of confused me a little bit when I when I first uh, read the write-ups on this patent, Bill. Um, doesn't Google already have enough information on how users use links? Um, they, they, they've got a record of every website they've ever uh, spidered. And, you know, Google knows who's clicked what. What? Why is the is a predictive algorithm necessary when Google already has all this information on user behavior? I was talking to somebody who worked at Yahoo for a while, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me about how much data Yahoo had collected about their users. And he said the problem wasn't whether or not we collected data or not. It was how we interpret that data. Hmm. Gets to be confusing. What what sense do we make of it? What purpose do we put it to? And okay, but, but nevertheless, hard data is seemingly more valuable than a prediction, isn't it? Well, I'm, I'm not saying... Google doesn't take the data that maybe you see in Google Analytics and use that. Uh, there's, a, there's some papers that are referred to in the patent itself. One of the papers... Uh, is about using uh, log file data from the search engine mm-hmm. or log file data from websites to rank pages. And it's, it's not a step that Google's taken where it, Google's saying we're going to look at actual clicks on pages and rank pages based upon that. Uh, Is that in part because they would not be able to, like, they would now be forced to make apples to oranges comparisons on values? Um, You know, obviously, if I have Google Analytics installed, if I don't, if I'm on this type of server or that type of server, there's going to be different data made available. Um, And now they would have to be judging two pages and judging the link architecture of those pages or user patterns in different ways. They, they, They would have inconsistent data from page to page. It's sort of like the idea behind uh, whether or not Google's using social endorsements from sites like Facebook or Twitter or Google+. With Google+, they have some more information, some metadata related to people who are members of that social network. When they log in, uh, where they're uh, accessing the web from, you know, if you have somebody who signs in at two different places almost simultaneously that, that are very distant geographically, so they're unlikely to be the same person, it's possible that more than one person is using that account, mm-hmm. uh, which may tell you that uh, somebody may be sharing it with a possible intent to do some manipulation of some type, especially if they're doing endorsements. Okay, so I mean, there's a lot of information that Google extracts from basic user behavior. Right. Um, it's it's a predictor. It's a predictions, and more importantly, on how they affect ranking. That that I'm trying to wrap my head around. Unfortunately, we're going to have to take a break before we can further wrap our heads around this because it's a 
twenty to the top of the hour, and uh, it's time to, uh, to it's time to make our new owners very happy by saying, <laughs> "Friends, you're listening to Webcology on Cranberry.fm." On behalf of Dave Davies, this is from Pete's Internet Marketing. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. We got a couple commercials coming up, of course, it's around here. Stay tuned. More on Reasonable Surfer after messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know they're SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today. Is buying something that is made in the USA important to you? How do you know that it really is made in the USA? Certified Inc. is the only supply chain audit company on the planet which qualifies country of origin labeling. If it's important to you as a consumer to know where the products you buy and use in your own home come from, then it's also important for your customers. Visit us at madeinusa.net and find out more. Go to madeinusa.net because it's that important. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know they're SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Conversion Conference, the can't-miss CRO event of 2016. Join over 750 people from dozens of countries gathering in Las Vegas, May 18th and 19th, for the biggest industry-wide conversion event ever. Four parallel tracks of top content will allow you to personalize the exact topics that you want to focus on. Interact with expert speakers at informal networking events and birds of a feather lunch table topics. Meet dozens of leading CRO companies face-to-face in the expo hall. Get hands-on with pre-conference workshops and master classes. Join us for fun activities such as zip lining and Tim Ash's after party in the presidential suite. Oh yeah, did we mention that it's in Vegas, baby? May 18th and 19th. Conversion Conference last year sold out fast. 
and it's expected to sell out again. So don't miss it. Go to conversionconference.com for details right now. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Are you paying too much? takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beachside Internet Marketing, and we're joined by Bill Slosky from SEO by the Sea. We're talking about the uh, Google uh, repatent. Uh, reasonable surfer, and uh, we're, we're 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 closing in on the last uh, seven eight minutes of the show. We're gonna have to jump straight into the chase. Bill, how does this affect webmasters and web rankings? That's a good question. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned about answering it because <laughs> I get, I get coming you, from you, so you, big you, time. You you alluded to the fact that it uh, is based upon probabilities that people might click upon a link and weighting of uh, page rank passing to pages based upon probability. Well, to a degree, that's always been true of page rank. The original page rank patent says at some point in time, we may decide to actually use real user data to inform these decisions. But we reserve the right to do that. So they admitted that fact, that mm-hmm. PageRank was an estimate of how much traffic they thought uh, a link might be worth to a site. This defines that, this new version defines that further. It tries to estimate it a little bit better based upon where they think people might actually be going. It's supposed to be a little bit more realistic model. Uh, One of the things I'm a little concerned about, and uh, back in the day when, you know, when we were, were, you know, remember back back in the day when we were like, you know, landing pages for just about anything under the sun, and we would try to mess with probability by making this big red scream in the face (laughs) buy button. (laughs) They're probably going to click it because they can't miss it. That's not what Google's getting at here, are they? But that's a little bit like uh, sending an email to somebody. It's all in uh, all caps and red letters. 
Oh, I do that all the time, but only to Republicans. <laughs> okay, but 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 that uh, present presentation of it uh, may may make people think it's spam. May make yeah. a machine learning algorithm think it's spam. So if webmasters try to I don't know manipulate the uh, the 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 look of a link, they might be spamming. How many times have you heard people talking about backlink profiles and trying to make your backlink profile natural looking? <laughs> yep. Frequently. Right. That's sort of what your questions remind me of. How do you make uh, your links uh, something that looks like people should click on them and uh, not be too abusive with it? Well, I mean, well, Bill, this is SEO. I mean, people are going to take the smallest thing and just get outrageous with it, trying to get a little bit of position here. I'm trying to warn them against that. And I'm trying not to even put that thought in their head. <laughs> well, they're sm- trust me, it's already there. <laughs> you know is these it? people. You've met them. <laughs> is it fair to say what I should actually be doing, like in, in the real world, if I wanted to take this this great blog post that you did and actually make some action items, be it for my own internal linking structures um, or external linking structures, is actually consider, and what it is, is is just a real thing, is the thing that I want somebody to click on should actually be made predominant in, in some way, um, and it, it should be higher up on a page, like whether I'm securing a link on, on somebody else's site and, and trying to look at, at it from that angle, or whether I'm looking at my own internal linking structure, if I actually want to pass the weight to that specific target page, really, I should be trying to get users there. Really, the higher up I, I put this, and it doesn't take great, you know, whatever, 80 fonts, you know, 80 pixel fonts um, to, to attract the eye. Just don't make the font color, the you know, don't make the, the anchor text the same color as, as you know, <laughs> the text on the page is, I, I think, what we're getting at right. here. Um, is that sort of what we should be approaching? Just approach it natural. If I'm trying to boost a ranking on a page, on the linking page to it, I should actually be trying to attract that to a visit. Right? Like I should be going, hey, here's an important page on, on my site. And, and the more important it is, you know, the, the higher up and, and more, uh, you know, higher profile link it'll have on that page. People take their time considering what words they actually use in a title to a page in meta description. Take the same amount of time considering what words you're going to use in a link. Make it something that's persuasive, something that engages people, something that uh, makes them click in that link. Okay, but the, but the, the age-old advice: make it useful to the user. That's 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 still important, right? Yes, absolutely. You know, when when the patent says uh, there's certain links that people just don't click on, like the uh, anchor text that says "terms of service." Well, make your anchor text something that people will click on. Um, we're going to steal from you. <laughs> I'll click that. Okay, so 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 make it compelling. 
but make it useful. Be real. Don't try to screw around and manipulate the engine because that's not going to get you anywhere in the first place. Right. All that old stuff, all that, that SEO folk wisdom, that still exists. But Google's just sort of taking its uh, look at links to another level. Now, you mentioned RankBrain earlier, and uh, the, one of the fellows who, who, who worked on, on this patent that we're talking about is also uh, 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 in charge of machine learning at Google. Do you see a tie? Is there a tie-in here between you know RankBrain looking at uh, odd or never-before-seen queries and how pages are, are are structured? Is there a link between RankBrain and Reasonable Surf? I I'm not a search engineer. I'm not sure I can. I'm qualified in any way to answer that. I really hadn't anticipated them coming out with a new version of this end. It's a bit of a surprise to me that they did. Uh, Why would they? Why now? Might be a better question. Well, they made the de- decision to file it in 2012. Mm-hmm. So it's just getting granted now. Uh, they filed it uh, close to the time that the original version was granted. A short time before the original version was granted. Okay, so they, they maybe they, 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 they just saw that their, their technology, their means of uh, assessing the value of a link had improved in, in that time between filing the original and getting approval on the original? I think they were making a stronger statement about uh, signals that they were looking at. Okay, well, we're down to our last couple uh, couple minutes here. What do you think the most important takeaways from uh, from 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 this document are? I'd say uh, just on the basis of uh, patents and technology themselves, stuff changes over time. We know that. Google comes out with 500 changes to their algorithm uh, that rank pages every year. They've told us that. Uh, things that we may think are fixed, uh, that we have some strong, what we think are strong proof about, uh, like a very reasonable patent that talks about uh a good change to the original PageRank patent uh, may change too. Uh, before we before we close, I know we've only got about one minute left. But what's your next one? What, what, what are we waiting for for you to be publishing next? I mean, every one that you tend to write about are, are the most interesting of, of the patents, the ones with the the largest impact. What's one that you're looking at right now um, that we can be expecting to to hear from you on shortly? Um trying to make a decision. It might be a couple, between a couple I've been looking at, or it might be something new. At this point, I'm sort of leaning towards writing about something new. Uh, I mean, there's one right now that talks about Google choosing quotes and trying to build up a, a, a data store of quotes. But, you know, after they misquoted Harriet Tubman recently, 
I'm not sure why you use that one. So, webmasters, put all your important content between quotation marks. You'll win. <laughs> okay, on that, I'm afraid we just got notice from the studio. We are out of time. Bill Slosky, SEO by the Sea, patent expert extraordinaire. Thank you so much for joining us. Do you look at the today. task. Oh, thank you, both. Friends, you've been listening to Webcology on Cranberry.fm, our very first show on a brand new network. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Stick around cranberry.fm. We got amazing content coming up after the news. expressed on this cranberry radio program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of cranberry media any redistribution of this content without proper consent is prohibited 